Welcome to the American Intelligence Media. My name is Douglas Gabriel and I'm your host today. I'm speaking with Michael McKibben from Leader Technology, the man and the company that invented social networking. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you very much. Glad and to be here. Thank you for these amazing conversations. I'm learning so much from them and I'm certain that our audience thank is Thank you also. guys for taking the time to do them. Plus, you know, the beauty of it is, I just, my intent is, this is what I'd like to do. Have you and Mark Zuckerberg on a stage and debate this, and then there would be no one who wouldn't know then, at that point, who invented Facebook, because every time he opens its mouth, it's such a silly thing. So what I'm going to do is, previously, if someone's coming in uh, new on this, previously we talked about all kinds of things I'd like to frame by reading a certain statement here, and then we'll get into discussing what it is we can do to solve these problems. We've heard about how they came about, how it, your invention came about, who you work with, why you are qualified to be the inventor, uh, your lawsuit, 17 years of your suffering, the facing of the vile evil of the patent office and all the different uh, people who really are part of a tech cartel that have become enriched as billionaires off of the back of your invention. So let me just read this so that people can have a, um, a, a frame of reference and a starting point. Leader Technologies, Michael McKibben, has multiple solutions to the problem of the U.S. military and intelligence agencies control of the cyber warfare called the Internet. The Department of Defense created the Internet, which was originally called ARPANET, after the Department of Defense's agency called DARPA. These groups have incubated and funded the principal components of the Internet, from the cables it runs on, to the routers that every communication runs through, to the microprocessors inside of every computer, to the software that makes them work. It's the same people who have control. All areas of our modern internet life were created for military purposes, not to create a system of worldwide free information as leader technologies first envisioned. The tech lord's monopolies can easily be turned off through one of three plans that the shareholders of leader technology have devised. These plans end the control of the internet by governmental, military, and intelligence agencies. These plans are a win-win-win scenario for every American. They also bring America back to a lawful society, where the innovations and inventions of Americans are treated with respect and not usurped for military weaponization. The social networking systems that have arisen from leader technologies inventions were meant to expand human freedoms, not suppress them. Only through a complete revamping of the system and the removal of all government spying and the control of that information can we end the drive to centralize all information access via Google, AT&T, Verizon, Amazon, Apple, Yahoo, etc. and through communications via Gmail, Instagram, and all the others, and through social networking via Facebook, Snapchat, and the many other corporations that have taken control of the inventions of leader technology. The Internet must be freed from corruption. It must be freed of surveillance and a contrived monopoly of information that rules our lives and imprisons us in the information they provide us. Michael, can you tell us about the actions you and your shareholders have already taken and are taking and continue to take to try to solve and resolve this theft of your intellectual property in a positive fashion? 
Yeah, let me, let me start out by talking at the strategic level. I think there's three of our past leaders who really give us the guidance we need at, at the strategic level. One was Benjamin Franklin. Uh, and it is told that when they were having the Constitutional Congress, um, a local leader, Mrs. Powell, asked him as he was coming out of the Congress, what form of government have you given us, Mr. Franklin? And he said, a republic if you can keep it. And I think that's our key. We've got to have a republic and we've got to keep it. And that's we the people, that's not paid bureaucrats, that's not lawyers. That's us. Secondly, um, we have John Adams who wrote about his perspectives on the Constitution, which he was very instrumental in the drafting and the philosophy of the Constitution, both in Massachusetts and the, and the United States Constitution. And he said that the foundations of our Constitution are respect for property and a respect for privacy. And he said the Constitution won't work unless we respect those two items. And then we rolled forward to uh, the farewell address of President Eisenhower in his farewell address in 1961 when he warned us about the emergence during World War II of a vast military industrial complex which he feared would overtake our republic. And I think he was really giving us an early warning of what we are seeing now. I think we've seen a, a steady progression of the dynamics that he was warning us about. And, and those have happened in sequence um, up until today. So I think at the strategic level, we've got to get back to the Constitution. That is the guiding light of how we restore our republic, how we keep our republic. Okay, so now on our particular circumstances, we've, we're looking at a situation that's never existed in my understanding and on the planet before where a government as powerful as the United States stole the technology and gave it to everyone on the planet. Uh, so, you know, the latest valuations of, of that are uh, uh, the social networking and telecommunications is three to five billion dollars, or not billion, trillion dollars. I, I have a hard time talking in such big terms. Trillion dollars. And, and that's a market value. So the question is, how would we possibly find justice in this environment where everyone's infringing? And most people are infringing and don't even know it. And the ones that do know it are not talking. And, and it's just one big silence about how this got started. And people are making up myths about how uh, it started to try to work around this idea that somebody actually coded this, folks. And, and, and it was us. And, and so, we have been uh, brainstorming this idea, what do we do as shareholders? Since it's never existed before, we kind of used our methodology of, well, we don't know what it is, but we know what it isn't. And so, uh, to cut a long story short, we've developed, we've recognized that one of the problems we've got in the corruption that exists today is there is no accountability of the free press. The free press is hijacked by the same people that we're talking about. And that without a free press, the founders felt that we could never hold the powerful accountable. So a free press, a return of a free press has got to be a key element of the solution. Okay, we'll put that in one bucket. Secondly, um, we see that the government is struggling for revenue. Uh, 
in, in trying to figure out how to create new revenue for the government uh, without raising taxes. And, and then thirdly, we have our claims for licensing and, and intellectual property that have never been compensated. So we've got a government and the entire uh, global corporate market is, has had 17 years of free use of our technology without a single dime being paid and there's no licenses going forward. So with that as a base, how do you fix it? I mean, some people would just throw up their hands and, and, and walk away saying it's too big of a problem. But uh, we've got a lot of smart, savvy shareholders who said, let's get together and just brainstorm this. So we brainstormed this and to, to, to kind of boil down our solution, uh, we, we've asked people and we've been surveying people if if you realized that all the apps of the 30 apps you use every day on your phone were all stolen technology, would that bother you? And of course everybody says yes. And, and, and then we give them the analogy, well if I take your phone and I wipe all those apps off and give it back to you and you can just use your phone but you can't use any of the social stuff, would you be upset? Uh, and they said, well of course I would. And, and then we ask, would you pay $2 a month for a blanket license to get all your apps back. And everybody says yes. And we said, well, what about four or five dollars? Well, of course, the, the, the creator has never been compensated. That's not right. That's the way the average person on the street thinks. That's the way uh, John Q. Public thinks, uh, who's not a thief. And so the question is how, we can't, can we wait until everybody's educated on all these issues with intellectual property and patents and trademarks? And the answer is obviously no. People are, have their lives to live and don't have uh, the ability to do that. So uh, we then started looking at, okay, is there an authority in this country that can make a decision to pay us going forward? And so we started digging into the genesis of the, the current state of affairs uh, uh, before the Patriot Act. We looked at all of the executive orders that have come down since Bill Clinton, and really it goes back into George H.W. Bush. And we, we read all those. We read the Patriot Act. We read all these authorizations that have occurred with the FISA court. And we recognized something really interesting is that this military industrial complex had used their uh, bank of corrupt lawyers to write all these documents to consolidate all the power and decision making for what we see as this corrupt surveillance state into the hands of the president, of the executive branch. And then they limited even that authority by saying, okay, now there's only about six other people that the president's accountable to. And so if that little group of people decides that something's gonna happen, then it will happen. And they have the authority to, uh, to authorize all the payments for all these trillions of dollars that are spent on the, on the war machine and on the, the illegal surveillance. So then we recognize that, well, that's interesting. Donald Trump has the singular authority to write the check that fixes this by himself. You just give him a purchase order? Yeah, don't even need a purchase order. The government has used our technology for 17 years without payment. The law says whether you got a contract or not, the government benefited from your property and therefore must pay you according to the Fifth Amendment. And so, and there's other laws about patents being contracts and, and that's very clear. So the law is clear that we have a contract that's never been paid as a, as a supplier. We've, we've supplied this technology to the government, to all their public-private partners, and 
none of them have paid a dime for the benefit that they've received and therefore the law says the law of equity says you owe these people and so what we've suggested to uh, the president actually is that he could pay us the two dollars the government could take four or five dollars and so they could put a surcharge on internet usage and all this it would raise probably two to six hundred can we get the number right? Billion dollars a year in new revenue. Uh, it would pay us, pay my shareholders back, and we would issue a blanket license to every user, to all the people that have stolen from us. Everybody would then be legal. And we could move forward with a system that uh, actually honors privacy and property, which John Adams said were essential to the Constitution. So we got to get back to the Constitution, and this is a way to do it. Now, did you say that there's a, what do you call it, a Milner Act, or? The Miller Act. Miller notice. Act. Yes. Yeah, so what we have done is we've looked into the laws, of, okay, to how, when you haven't been ba paid by the government, how do you get paid? And most people in, in local business are familiar with uh, a mechanics lien, that if, you know, you're building a house and one of the subs doesn't get paid, they can file a lien on the house. Well, you can't file that kind of lien against the federal government. So Congress passed something called the Miller Act. And in the Miller Act, it allows for two tiers of payback. So if the government doesn't pay you, you can file a notice, a Miller Act notice, with the agency that isn't paying you. And it's effectively a lien. But it's a lien against the bonds that all these subcontractors have, or contractors have used uh, to get their contracts. So, that, so you're basically putting a lien on the bond. And so we've actually put a lien on the White House, and our shareholders are sending these documents in all over the country, uh, to the White House. Since the White House is the one that created this contract, basically, got all these tech providers to provide all of our stolen technology to them, it's the, the, the contracting agency is the President of the United States. Wow. So in, in all their brilliance and how they consolidated this power, that power could be used right now to put it back and make it right. That is beautiful. So Donald Trump himself could do one of a few things to, uh, he could uh, use the Miller Act and he could simply say, I'm going to pay you. Right. And then there's the, uh, you have two other ideas. Uh, one of them we haven't gone over and it was also an executive uh, action that Trump could take, right? Well, he could take, he could write a new executive order and, and order is paid, but right now there are existing orders that he could act on right now and pay us. Um, so the, the, the question, we're talking about trillions of dollars. And, uh, and that's hard for me even when I put all that on a spreadsheet to get the zeros right. It's such a big number. And so the question is what would our shareholders and what would leader, uh, what would we do with, with all this cash? Uh, because basically it's, it's, it totally resets a lot of economies. I mean, it would make us one of the largest corporations in Ohio, for example. Uh, we could provide a lot of jobs. Our shareholders could use their ideas and their creativity however they want it. Um, and so one of the things I'm willing to do with my part of this uh, payback is to assist the establishment of a free press and uh, to use my cash. I can't take any of that with me. And so therefore, I'm willing to put my part of this reward up to uh, assist a truly free press to 
be established like the founders intended, rather than these corporate-owned uh, propaganda machines that we have right now. We need that desperately. We need dialogue. We need accountability. And until we have it, I fear we, our republic will be lost. But with that, then as people, people are going to continue to do bad things. We know that. That's just human beings. Uh, but if we have accountability coming back into our government, our government checks and balances appear to be completely broken right now and completely hamstrung by all this blackmail that's occurring through all this data and information that everybody's gaining on everybody else. Uh, so the way to get out of that is start shining a light on it like you guys are doing, like other patriot groups are doing, uh, of, of all stripes, of all political persuasions. I mean, anybody that believes in our Constitution, I don't, I don't see how they could react in any other way than say, we've got to do this. Uh, and so the, the idea of establishing a free press is what I want to do with my cash. That's an amazingly important thing, as we know, with the fake mainstream media, it's simply an extension of the propaganda machine of the military. Well, back in the, well, during Reagan's time, he allowed subliminal silent programming to come onto every commercial on television. He said proudly that, he, that was, right? he was going to use it for his own presidential election. And so we started subliminally controlling people legally a long, long time ago. And so I think they've gotten completely out of hand. And what they did is they militarized the very things that they gave us more or less for free, in a way. I mean, you get your internet service provider, but after that, as you say, all these apps and all these programs, Google and Facebook is free. How, is, how could that possibly be free? That doesn't even make any sense. But when you realize that the government's behind it, that makes sense. And then when you realize that the president has now been given so much power uh, as the executive branch that he can literally write the check to you, he could literally do one of three things which you've described, but he could also do one more thing, and that's that he could, or that it could happen, that it, your case could go back to the Supreme Court. But as we have discussed, that could take years and years, and it may go nowhere because it might be stacked. It might already be against you before you even enter into the well, court. As President um, Trump is finding, the, the court's stacked, uh, and that's the thing that we've seen. You don't need to... You don't need to control every judge. You need to control the right judges. And, and that's clearly what's going on here. So we can't just simply go out and say, okay, we're going to end Google, we're going to end Facebook, we're going to end Gmail, we're going to end all these things. But we can simply turn the tables around and start to pay the right people. And your plan, I don't know, Michael, you're a whole lot nicer guy than me. I would be very, very, very upset by all of this. And I'd be screaming and yelling and I'd be doing everything that I could probably until I became as vile as the people that I'm attacking, <laughs> right? I mean, that probably is the way that, that those things work, right? But for you, you know, you've been steadily going after this, and now you have these three different win-win-win scenarios. It's not going to be, it doesn't seem simple to me to be able to stop those ensconced status quo bureaucrats who are in these corporations that are fake dummy corporations that are, in fact, supported by U.S. tax dollars, it's not going to be easy to stop them. Uh, so it would take literally a presidential act, I would think, because we see that the systems are stacked against you and, and that uh, inventors uh, and people wishing to get patents, it's, it's a very corrupt system and you're probably not going to win. But if you can start at the top and you can have president right. himself take these actions, this could rectify it for everyone and in fact, change the entire way that the world relates to the internet. Is that true? 
Well, I, I don't want to predict that, but what I, what I can say is that my observation is most people go through life uh, adapting their behavior to the controls that are put before them. And, and I think that, that most people would agree with that. So the problem is the controls are non-existent right now. So the controls are a corrupt oligarchy that is running things. And so people have adapted their behavior to that, that work at Google and Facebook and MySpace and Instagram and everybody else. So, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that it could change, we've got to change the rules by which their job is measured. And we've got to make it constitutional, and we've got to get back to the standards that uh, that made our country. And uh, you know, our, our founders were flawed people, but they were brilliant in in the system that they created that had all these checks and balances uh, that allowed us to continue as a republic for this long. And um, it's not about who they were; it's about the system that I believe God led them to create and that you can rise above your own insecurities and your own foibles and your own prejudices, and you can rise to a new level of, of interaction with other people. And I think we've got to get back to that. And technology interaction can be a part of that, it, or it can be the opposite, which we're seeing now. Yes, and with Obama, we got to see the perfect example of what happens when a president finds out this is going on, and then what they do. What did Obama do? He demanded $2 billion from Silicon Valley for his library. In other words, for his eight years of complicit uh, agreement and being part of this system, he got $2 billion payoff. This is very much like what the Clintons did with their library. So we can then see that Obama turned to the dark side on this particular issue. If Trump actually is institutes the rule of law, excuse me, not institutes it, but upholds the rule of law instead of the lawlessness that we found in the uh, Obama administration, particularly with these issues, and particularly knowing the illnesses that these things can actually cause people, to, to know the manipulation, to know the type of um, these, the well, patterns. It's a, it's a real problem among children right now. I've got young grandkids and, and uh, the, the keeping the kids off of the screens is a big problem. And, uh, and it's something we didn't face in, in our childhood, but the parents are struggling with what to do about this because it's not getting better. And if you had to pay for everything you went to and accessed on the internet, then parents could control that because children wouldn't have the money to do that. So if we revamp the entire thing and the president works from the top down, and we take out the surveillance, we take out the subliminal control, we take out the PSYOPs aspect of this, and then we build in the very provisions that you talked about that keep freedom, that keep your individuality uh, separate from being surveilled, that we take the military out of the picture altogether, then your vision really could come to pass and the internet could actually become the thing that liberates us because in a way, you can Google anything and it acts as if you're omniscient. Anything you say, I can check, and then I can, you know, mm -hmm. tell you what I just found by looking on it, uh, my cell phone. It makes us seem like we're in connectivity with the whole world. It makes us seem like we're omniscient. We're in connection with all the knowledge. These are illusions. These are really a drug. This is an opiate. This is a way to do what Eric Schmidt wants. Eric Schmidt said he, when Alphabet 
the mother company of Google, which it's impossible that it could be the mother company seeing that it was created later. That is simply to do some of these tricks that you're talking about. He clearly states that his intent is that in the future, Google will provide every single individual with all of your uh, profile choices and it will feed them to you so that you won't be doing any more Googling. You won't be asking any more questions. All things will be fed to you through your- See, from, from a spiritual perspective, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Because human beings are infinitely creative. And so the idea that there's one right answer to any question is, is, is ludicrous. Exactly. And, and no, you give people choices and God the Holy Spirit will guide them however he wills. And that there's an infinite amount of creativity in the human experience. And I think that's what we need to support. Not all this stuff of trying to guide people's thinking into the right way. I mean, that, that every cult that's ever existed in the, in the planet for all time, and that's what they do. And this is just another cult that's, that's grown up around, I would say probably largely math and science and, and people within those professions who, who um, are very linear, are very uh, uh, on-off switch type people who think there's only one right answer to everything. And it's theirs. And, and that's ridiculous. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of the human experience. Everybody's interesting because they're unique and they're creative. And that creativity comes from God. And why would we want to limit that? These tech lords, who we know are thieves, clearly state their intentions in public again and again. I guess nobody seems to be paying attention. Uh, Sean Parker said just yesterday or the day before, he's going to live to be 160, okay? That's because uh, Google, Apple, Microsoft, they're all trying to figure out ways to extend the tech lord's lives, no matter what that means. And there are some very grotesque things that they're doing, which now are becoming uh, commonplace. So the tech lords want to live to be 160 years old. They want to depopulate the world so that they then have a, a bigger field to play in. And they're all very clear about that. They're all eug eugenics. I mean, if you talk to Eric Schmidt or anyone, any one of them, but Bill Gates, you name it, they have one intent. And that intent is to live forever and to make sure there's not so many people on the earth taking their resources. Well, that is unbelievably evil knowing that they don't deserve any of the power well, or money that, that they that have. That so reminds me of the Soviet experience because communism in the Soviet Union had those same goals. It's the same people. Had the same goals. I've seen this play already and it's ugly where it ends up. It's Holy ugly. cow, are you kidding? Well, I'm not kidding. I would have never imagined that the Soviets would be interested in that. I mean, we're materialists here in the West, and the, it makes the, sense. The, the communists were into uh, controlling people's education, controlling their economics, getting rid of, of unproductive workers. Uh, I mean, everything you just said. They've already been down that path, and they don't like it anymore. That's why they're leaving it. Holy heavens. Oh, good. That's why they're going into organics. That's why they're going into more uh, sensible human uh, industries, right? Well, I, you know, I, I haven't been following the details of that, but uh, they threw communism off in 1979, 1981, 1982, or 1992. So uh, they don't want that. They know that it doesn't work. And yet we're, uh, we're headed down the same path with a different set of people running the money. And, and that's what, what happened in the communist world, is it was the 
is the banking interests uh, associated with the money and the way they wanted to control the economy and control people's lives uh, that caused the eventual starvation of, of, of the Ukraine and uh, they tried to get rid of Christians, tried to get rid of the church, tried to get rid of Christianity, any religion that, that they couldn't control, they tried to get rid of, they tried to wipe them out. And, and, and we want to try that again? It just makes no sense. Well, they have an even bleaker future for us and they paint it as being the bright future and that's that these tech lords who basically don't know anything about tech will tell us that in the future, God is going to manifest as artificial intelligence or that artificial oh, intelligence will become God. I didn't get that memo. Yes, I, I talked to a guy who's one of the biggest guys in the industry in artificial intelligence just the other day and he told me point blank, his intent is to turn every child into an AI. Now, I said to him, I got very, very close to him, right up to his nose, and I said, if you ever say to me again that there is such a thing as artificial intelligence, I will not be kind well, to you. Well, think of the word. There is no such thing. Yeah, think of it. It's artificial. It's fake. It's not real. Programming is nothing more than people sitting down writing code. And if you write code, you're writing according to your philosophy. It, it's really difficult for a programmer to write code without injecting their own points of view into the way they do something, how they store the data, where they put it, who they let in to see the data. And so programming is nothing more than the philosophy of that particular programmer written in code. And so what, what they're saying is, okay, that guy did some, and then they added it with this guy's, and this guy's, they group it all together, and they call it artificial intelligence. No, that's the collective manifestation of three people. And if those three people or four people are immoral, then their artificial intelligence is going to be immoral. If, if it's the opposite, then it might contribute to human, humanity. So the problem we've got is we've got all these guys that are playing with this thing that most people don't understand and can't see called programming when it's nothing more than a bunch of people with different value systems sitting together writing code together. And then they call it artificial and make it magic. Come on, it's not magic. That's exactly right. And basically they believe that because they're producing this technology, they are creating a god in artificial intelligence, and they are that god. Okay. And that is the sad news that when they put their brain into cold storage or they hook it up and think their consciousness is in that brain, that has nothing to do with human consciousness. No machine will ever have a human thought. I will go on record right now and state that is not possible. And every time they tell you that AI is doing this, AI is doing that, AI is doing that, that is a lie. That is their next stage well, that's of lie. Their, that's their belief system. And, you know, they're allowed to have their belief system. But uh, I'm not going to have it imposed on me. Exactly. So, Michael, we have to thank you for coming up with the idea with moral intent. And we have to stand up for and speak out against those who are using this for the ill intent that is literally trying to take God out of the picture and replace it with an artificial intelligence. Well, let's, let's let them try that in the court of public opinion. Exactly. Because I, I don't think the court of public opinion wants that. Uh, they're using a pretty much unlimited amounts of funds to try to push that religion on people. And uh, let's let God's people, uh, his creation, decide whether that's true or not. Exactly. Uh, you can turn off Google. You can turn off Facebook, you can turn off Snapchat, you do not have to participate. And you can then do that 
out of a moral stance, just as we're saying that's the one thing that we can do to try to make this situation that you're involved in turn out for the best. Right. Well, the moral is, I respect your privacy, I respect your property. It gets pretty simple when you think of it like that. Absolutely. So every, the rules can be set based on those two principles that John Adams emphasized. And as you pointed out, uh, Benjamin Franklin said, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? No, it was John Locke's phrase, life, liberty, and property. But the English did not want us to use the word property because that means we might own our own land. And mm. if we owned our own land, we wouldn't have to pay taxes on it each year, which Benjamin Franklin said should have been our land bank, which would have separated us from those forces uh, in England, in, in Germany, in Holland, and so on and so forth, that were so active with their you know, British East India imperialism, Dutch East India imperialism in America. So this battle started a long time ago, but it's now become focused because it is truly the soul of the individual right. who's going onto their phone every day and forgetting that there are human beings because they think that the humans they contact digitally are human beings. Right. Those are just digits, as you, as you pointed out. Those are ones and zeros. And you can believe anything you want, but if you believe that you are going to become an artificial intelligence and that the human spirit in you is going to then turn into machine language or these simple subroutines or the programs combined of individual uh, code writers, it's a whole different picture out there. And the internet then, once we realize that it is a weapon, we can work around that. There are workarounds. And I think that that's one of the things we can do to support your efforts is Maybe we need to boycott these people, as we've seen so many boycotts be so effective in, in just recent times in the news. Maybe that could get the attention of Trump, but we know, you know, that you're... He's got multiple copies of our Miller Act notice. Now, if we can get enough people in, in the, uh, the court of public opinion to bring this up again and again and say, look, you can solve a whole lot of problems. The, the revenue this. idea has, has got legs, we believe. Could solve a whole lot of problems, including the current budget problem. Well, Michael, that's what we're gonna hope for. We, again, wanna thank you for these incredible conversations. I think um, that if people listen to these, that just the fact that their consciousness has changed can actually change the way that the they're outcome like, they're is gonna like be seeds. for you. We'll, we'll plant the seeds and let God Give the increase. Amen. Thank you so much, Michael.